So this morning, uh, I want to continue talking about God's financial plan for worldwide evangelization, right? And we've been talking about the church just wants your money. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to continue on uh, in looking at what we started off last week talking about. We talked about that one of the things that we found out is that revival begins when? So let me give you a quiz today. When does revival begin? All right. Revival begins when there is the rebuilding and the people were giving to the kingdom of God, right? Revival begins, amen, or stewardship revival begins when people give sacrificially, when there's a sacrifice, when people give sacrificially, when they, uh, when they and we looked at uh, we looked at uh, 2 Kings 22, and we talked about revival. And I told you that one of the things that we must be reminded of is that Josiah had the word of God. Another, another way that revival begins is when people return back to the word of God. But one of the things I told you that happened in 1858 was, what did I tell you happened in 1858? 1858, there was the gold rush, right? And during the gold rush era, what started to happen? People started to do what? They started to covet. Remember I told you that? One of the things that happened was, if you look at week one handout, it says, given to the Lord's work furnished an antidote to covetedness. Remember I talked about covetedness? I talked about what is a steward. So what is a steward? One who manages someone else's affairs or property, right? So everything you have does not belong to you, right? Why? Because it belongs to God, right? I want you to look at where it says right down there in the middle of the paragraph, it says, from historical and biblical examples, we can see that giving and revival do go together, right? You see that? So giving and revival went together. Now, how did we look at that? We looked at that in 2 Kings, right? What happened in 2 Kings? When they rebuilt the temple, right, what happened? The people, the, the, a revival broke out. They found the word of God. That's what I told you on Tuesday night. The, the king, they found the word of God and the people repented and they turned back to who? To God, right? So what I'm, I'm, I'm making this, I'm building this foundation for you, saints, so that you and I can realize that God has a bigger plan. People say, well, the church just wants my money, but it's bigger than that, <clears throat> okay? The plan that God has is bigger than that, right? So look what it says. It says, it says, as strange as it may seem, the giving of money to the Lord by his, to the Lord by his people often is a part of producing what? I remember I asked you, how many of you want to see a revival? Amen. A spiritual awakening. God's, what's a revival? God's manifest presence. Amen. God's supernatural work, right? And so... One of the things, and, and the reason why revival 
came about is because people stopped being selfish. People stopped holding on to the things that they had. And they were able to do what? To release it, right? Okay, so let's look at it. If revival takes place, worldwide evangelism will follow. Now, here's where I'm going with this, historically. In, in 1858, when the revival began in New York, it began with some businessmen who were praying, who were seeking after God. They were giving up their resources. And as they began to pray and seek God, people started getting saved by the hundreds, by the thousands. And then, so what they needed to happen is churches needed to open. So many churches were open at that particular time. Now, here's the thing. The only way that God is going to move in a revival or move to, or, or, or will we see revival is if we're willing to be what I told you Tuesday night, sacrificial. Amen. And we must understand that God does not want us to hold on to the things that we want, that we have. He wants us to give towards what? The work, so his evangelistic thrust or, or, or I would say agenda will be promoted. All right? So let's look at the next paragraph in, in, in week one. It says, the biblical foundation for the truth that giving and revival go together is found in the third chapter of Malachi. One generally thinks of this chapter as the great tithing chapter of the Bible, but it is a chapter where we find strong teaching on tithing. However, the I want you to underline that, highlight it. The main theme of Malachi is what? Repentance. Now, here's what had happened. The people of God, amen, started living just any kind of way, not supporting God's work, not living for God, not doing what they were supposed to do. And as a result of that, what happened, saints, is that it became a, a book that the prophet wrote, amen, so that he would tell the people to repent. Are y'all following me so far? Amen. So, Malachi, if you go to Malachi 3 for me. Y'all walking with me today or am I? Talk back to me this morning. Amen. Malachi chapter 3. Amen. In verse 7. And look what he see, so, so what Malachi was doing, he was addressing the people of God, right? And I wanted you to see this because it's powerful. It says, from the days of your father, fathers, you have done what? You've turned aside from what? My what? My statues. You know what the statues are? The word of God. The precepts. The teachings. And what had happened to the people, right? They started to walk away from God. They started to neglect their responsibility. Now, why do we see that today? We see that today where people begin to serve God. 
And then something just, something happens. And then what happens? They, they just fall off, right? Something happens financially in your life. What's the first thing you cut out? Well, I can't pay my tithes this week. I can't give towards God's kingdom. God's kingdom still is going on while you're not here. When you're not giving, God is still working, right? And that's what was happening to the people. The, the, the Malachi, I want you to get this, 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 this idea, this understand the theme of this book. It's all about returning. Back up for a minute, okay? Back up for a minute to uh, chapter, verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, Behold, I'm going to send a messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Now, here's the thing. God says, here's what happens when God wants you and I to change something in our lives. He sends us a messenger. Amen. Now, I, I told you, when I started, I, I was going to teach on cults, but the Lord directed me to teach on understanding how he finances his work, how his church works, how, what is tithing all about? Because I believe that if we understand what it is, then we won't have a problem with it. Amen? Now, here's the thing. Returning to God means that you're willing to surrender everything to him. Your mind, your body, your soul, your intellect, every ounce of you, you're willing to, to, to re relinquish over to him to, for him to control it, right? But here's the other thing. If we really, truly want to see a revival, listen, I, I believe we all need a revival in our lives. We all need a spiritual awakening in our lives, we all need, come on somebody, we need God to manifest himself. Am I right about it? And I believe that the only way that God will manifest himself is if we relinquish total ownership of our lives to him. Are you following me? And so what the writer is saying, so people always say, well, Malachi is all about money. It's not about money. It was one of the ways that God was trying to get the people to see that, hey, you've, you've, you've neglected all of your responsibilities. Listen, when we neglect our responsibilities to God, then guess what? We're saying, we're giving God a message. Amen. We're telling God, God, you know what? You're no longer important anymore. See, here's the thing. We all want uh, blessings. We all want a uh, nice, you know, a comfortable life. We all want God to do some miraculous things. But the question is, what are we doing on our part to make that happen, to see it happen? See, because your obedience, watch this, infuses revival. Your, your, your obedience brings you closer to God. Are you with me? Watch what he says. He says, but how, who can endure the day of his coming? Now he's talking about Jesus. And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refining fire and like a fuller soap. He 
will sit as a smolting, as a smelter and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of who? Levi. And refine them like gold and silver so that they may present to the Lord. What is it? You know what he's talking about there? That when Jesus comes, he will clean us up so that we can present ourselves before him as a living sacrifice, as an offering. Oh, I wish I had somebody. God wants your life. It's more than your money. It's really not about your money. It's about your obedience. And here's the thing. If, if I relinquish my control of everything to God, listen, tithing in those days was not a big deal. People knew that's what we did. They just knew that. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't uh, you know, they didn't argue about it and say, well, I can't do it this week. They understood where their blessings was coming from. How many know where your blessings coming from? And if your blessings is coming from God, you want to continue to be blessed. It's real important that you continue to do and continue to be faithful to God, right? Look at verse 4. He says, then, offering, then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as the former days. You see that? Then I'll draw near to you for judgment, and I'll be swift, a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against those who swear falsely and against those who oppress the wage earner and the wage and his wages. You know what they were doing? You know what they were doing? They had left God and they started going to witchcraft. That's what a sorcerer is. They started going to get their fortune told. In other words, they started to develop a pagan mindset. Here's the thing about the children of Israel that you need to know. They walked away from God. And whenever you walk away from God, you will go back to the world's teachings, the world's ways. Now, how did they learn this stuff? They learned it from the people around them. <clears throat> so what God was saying here in Malachi, he was telling them to what? To repent, to turn back, to return. Amen. And I want to say this to you this morning. If you have not been faithful in your giving, you have to repent. <clears throat> because that's the only way that you and I will see revival in our lives. Yes, I'm tying it into revival because Jesus says where your treasure is, there is your what? Heart. And so Malachi is talking to these people, telling them, listen, you better, you know, God's coming. Look at verse 6. <clears throat> Look at verse 6. What does it say? For I, the Lord, do not what? I want, you to, I want you to highlight that in your Bible. God does not change, saints. I'm going to say it one more time. He does not change. And the reason that God doesn't change because he's God. And whatever he says, he means it. And whatever he has put in place is for his glory. Let's go back to our, our, our sheep from week one. 
it says in response to their repentance, God was God promised the blessings of His presence. God's presence is revival. Listen, how many of you want to experience His presence? I believe that if we're going to experience His presence, we have to return to Him. We have to surrender back to Him. Because there are times when we walk away from Him. There are times when we have not, we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But look what he says. Somebody read that for me. One of the big sin of the people was what? Notice what it says. They were doing what? There's a difference between a thief and a robber, right? A thief will do it what? Behind your back. A robber will do it where? And so there are people that come into the house of God every week. They worship. They praise. They participate. They do all these things. But what they don't do, what they're doing is they're robbing God. They're bold about it. And that's one of the things that we have to be very careful of, that you do not become so accustomed to robbing him where you feel no remorse. Now, my next, my next, next week on Tuesday, I'll start on, 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 the, on the next, on the paper I handed you today, but I'll show you what I mean in, that, in this dispensation, we are under grace. Now, dispensation means a time or a time that God's, God rules. It's about how God rules at different times. For instance, uh, when, Adam, the, uh, when Adam was created, God operated differently. You know, when Moses came on the scene, he operated differently. So this dispensation, right, is the dispensation of the church. This is called the church age. That's a seminary clip for you. All right? It's, this is called... The church age. We are in the church age. Now, let me say this to you. As I said before, Christ is the head of the church. Okay? Are you with me? Christ is the what? Head of the church. If you have a problem with the church, you have a problem with Christ. And you got to take it up with him. Amen. And so, one of the things he says that one of the big sins that they were doing was what? Robbing God, right? We'll read that. I'll get into Malachi later. But look at the bottom. It says, giving produces the what? The blessings of God in the individual as well as the what? Giving and revival do what? Go together. This fact is illustrated in what? Church history and demonstrated by biblical examples and taught by Biblical what? Truth. Now, we read that other statement in the middle. The great need of today is spiritual what? How many believe that? I believe we need a spiritual awakening. I believe that awakening will not happen until we are willing to relinquish total control of our lives. Total control of your life to Jesus. I'm talking about giving him everything that you have, saints. Look what it says here. It says tithing is biblical. 
pleasing to God and the Father's way of doing what? Financing his worldwide evangelization what? Therefore, it would seem every Christian would want to be a what? The Bible says a tithe of what? Everything. Retirement. When you win the lotto, I'm just playing. You're not supposed to be playing the lotto. Uh, somebody bless you with a $50, you give God five. The tithe of everything belongs to who? God. Listen to this. A recent article stated that in every Christ, if every Christian in America would tithe, American churches would have $560 billion a year for the Lord's work. I want you to know this, saints. There comes a point in your Christian journey where you and I must... How many of you are concerned about God's work? When I say God's work, what do I mean? The church, what else? Reaching the lost. How, how, do we, how can we reach the lost? Hmm. Okay, all right, we said evangelism, but, but give, give me the methods. How can we reach them? Okay, now, okay, giving them Bibles and things like that. But here's the thing, before I can give them a Bible, what I may have to do is help them to meet a need in their life. Are you with me? So if I go, if I go down to, to an impoverished country, right, I can't go with a Bible in my hand. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to run me out of there. But if I go in there with some clothes, come on, somebody. If I go in there with some toothbrushes, Amen. There are organizations out here that call para ministries. Para ministries is an extension of the church. Okay? So what a para ministry does, it, it provides what the church isn't providing. Amen. All right? And what it provides is uh, needs, uh, education. The, our, our seminary is a para ministry of our church because it's an extension of our church. And what we're doing is we're equipping people, amen, to um, go out and reach the lost. But not only that, but to work in the kingdom of God. I had a thought there. I just lost it because I was going to tell you something. Because what we're getting ready to do now in our seminary, we're getting ready to start a new program, which will create jobs. We'll, we, 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 will, we will create an opportunity to be trained so that you can get better jobs, all right? That's what a power ministry does. So if I can, if I can go into a, a third world country and open up a school teaching them how to, uh, how to do nursing, for instance, right? Teaching them something like that, but under the umbrella of the church. But how am I going to do that? We've got to have money. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying to you, saints, is that we have to think beyond these walls, um, the church doesn't just want your money. Your church, the church needs your money or doesn't need it, but God wants your money so that he can expand his kingdom. 
See, and that's what I want you and I to understand that we are part of God's plan. And when, listen, your $5, your $10, your dollar, as I've been saying throughout this series, will take us over to the millions. You know, that $1 may be the one to take us over to the millions or meet the need that we have, right? So, so look what it says. It says, just imagine this. It says we would have $560 billion a year. Just think about that. If we had $560 billion a year to do God's work, you think people would be unemployed in church? You think you would be doing something that you don't want to do? Maybe you could be working in the kingdom because there's finances available. See, this is what I want you to see. But look what he says here. He says, as compared to under what? $20 billion given at the present time. Wouldn't that be great? But sadly, many Christians do not tithe. In face, not even a majority of Christians tithe. The percentage of tithers and givers in America has been going down steadily since the mid-1960s. Many Christians do not know about tithing and the blessings, the blessings that come with it. You see... Saints, there's a blessing that comes with tithing. There's a blessing that comes with being obedient to God. I want to show, go back to that passage when we were, what we were looking at in verse, uh, verse 5. And look what he says. He says, when the people turn back to him, verse 5, then I will draw near to for judgment. See that? And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerer and the adulteress. See, all these people, right? And against those who swear what? Falsely and against those who oppress the wage earners. And his wages, you know what they were doing? They were taxing the people that was working with for them. Double taxing them. See, why did all of this start? See, here's the thing, saints. When we walk away from God, we start treating people wrong. We start living wrong. See, the church is here to help you. It, it's, your, it's your covering. That's what we talked about yesterday at our men's, our men's fellowship. That as men and as people of God, we all need a covering. And whenever you walk from under your covering, you ever notice how you go right back to doing some of the things that you just did not want to do? Start thinking the way you used to think? Whereas when you were under your covering. Amen. Guess what you were doing? You, were, you had joy. You had peace. Right? And, and what happened to these people, they started going back. Watch what it says. It says, the widow and the orphan and those who turn aside, the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacobs, are not consumed. Verse 7. This is the context now. From the days of your what? See, here's the thing. You and I, we must not repeat, amen, or continue on with our generational curses. Things that we've seen our parents do that were not right, we got to break those cycles. And what, the, what God was saying, he's saying from the days of your father's, you have turned aside from my word. That's that word, statue. 
know why people don't tithe? Because they've turned away from the word. If God says, will a man rob God, and then why are you robbing me in tithes and offering? Yeah, some people will say, and I'll deal with that on Tuesday, some people will say, well, oh, it's, it's for the Old Testament. And I'm with you on that. But God just said before he said that, he says, I am God and I do not what? Change. Now, his methods may have changed, but what he means has not changed. So he still believes and he still thinks and he still upholds the fact that the tithe is holy. I wish I had somebody. That the tithe is what? Holy. I'm going to say it one more time. The tithe is what? Holy. Look what he says. He says, you've turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. That is a bad testimony for every Christian. And I'm not just, listen, I'm not just talking about, well, oh, well, you know, tithing alone. I'm talking about when you don't pray. When you don't really worship. When you're not faithful. When we are not committed to the call. When we, are, when we decide that, you know what, I'm going to take matters in my own hand. Listen, when stuff, something happens in your, in your life, you ought not to panic. Amen. What you must do, saints, is you must trust God. It, listen, just because it's going bad doesn't mean you turn away. Listen, when you turn from the church, you're turning from God. I don't want, people always say, well, oh, well I can have church at home or, you know, I can, I can read my Bible at home and still be, you know, still be sanctified. I don't, but I do not believe that for a second. You know why? Because there are five purposes for the church. What are those five purposes? Those of you who've been through class one-on-one. What's the five purposes of the church? Evangelism. Worship. Come on. Fellowship. Spiritual maturity. What else? One more. Stewardship. Fellowship. Spiritual, okay, it's actually worship. Membership, actually. Spiritual maturity. Evangelism and fellowship. Did I say fellowship, right? No, I didn't say fellowship. Last one is fellowship. All right, so those are the five purposes of the church. And one of the things that I may have them out of order, but here's the thing. If you are supposed to be in fellowship, and that's one of the purposes of the church, but you're not in fellowship, the Bible says, let, not, let it not be a habit. As, don't let it be a habit that you develop where you keep missing every second Tuesday. <laughs> you find, you'll find yourself in a pattern. 
See, and then you find yourself doing it over and over and over and over again. And that's what these people were doing. And God was saying, return to me. Look what it says. It says, return to me and I will do what? I will do what? Return to you. You know what that word return means? It means to answer. That's what it means in the Hebrew. God says, listen, some of us have been praying for our breakthrough. Come on, somebody. Some of us have been praying for our blessing. We've been praying for God's manifest presence. We've been asking God for a breakthrough, but God says, you need to return to me. And returning to me means this, that you're willing to surrender your will. You're you're willing to surrender everything over to me so that, guess what? So that I can bless you again. I wish I had somebody. Listen, I want to tell you something. If life is rough on you right now, if things are tough right now, it may be that you need to return. And I'm not, notice, I'm not just talking about money. But in the process of you returning, you will give, listen, you remember when some of you remember, and I know some of you are faithfully, faithfully tithing, but some of you have fallen off. But remember when you would give and, and it, was, it, was a, it was a joy to give? And listen, and you didn't have much then. But guess what? It was a joy to you. You know why? Because you had returned to God. You had surrendered back to him. You were committed to him. And whenever you're not committed to him, giving is not a joy. You know what giving is? It's a task. And let me say this to you. You know, one of the things that I, that I struggle with is that I have to think about, man, how are we going to pay these bills? Every week, every month. And God is saying, you don't have to do a whole lot of things. All you have to do is be faithful. We're not asking for 15, 16 offerings. <laughs> Amen, we don't do that here. And so my encouragement to you from a pastoral point now is that you continue to be faithful to God and you will enjoy, you will have joy in giving. You will have joy in giving God what belongs to him. Look what he says. He says, look what he says here. I I just want to finish this verse here and we're done and I'll take questions. He says, return to me and I will what? Return to you, says the laws of hosts. But watch this now, and I'm going to leave you here, and we'll pick up tomorrow. I'm on Tuesday. But you say, how shall we return? You know, you know what God was saying? The way you return back to me is don't just see. A lot of people come up here and say, I want to repent. I'm sorry. You know what God is saying? Prove it. Let your actions speak for you. If you're really committed to God, if you're really concerned about God's evangelism and globalization and God spreading the word and our kingdom growing and revival and all this other stuff, prove it. Prove it. Amen? Prove that you are willing 
Hallelujah. To do it. Here's what I want you to do for your homework assignment. I want you to read Malachi chapter 2 for me. So that, that way we get the full context next week on Tuesday. So we'll continue on on Tuesday. And I'll ask you some questions. All right? Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for the discussion. Thank you for the opening up of your word. Lord, we want to return to you today. If we have fallen, if we have been disobedient, if we have followed in the footsteps of our fathers, Father, forgive us today. Bless us now and help us to return with our tithe. Return with our offerings, Father God, so that the kingdom can go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. Don't forget, read Malachi 2, and we'll see you on Tuesday, amen, for the continuation. All right? Be blessed. Amen. Hey,